Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Thank you for tuning into the show. As a prominent figure in Calgary's innovation ecosystem, I am passionate about finding things that need to be improved and doing something about it. My background is in software development, but I'm also an enthusiast of blockchain and virtual reality. In addition to that, I enjoy photography and clearly podcasting. I sincerely hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Join me for a unique perspective on business and technology with my guest, Phil Crocker. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas. Today, my special guest is Phil Crocker. Hi, Phil. How are you? Doing well, Al. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. So I I usually start off my show by finding out a little bit more about my guests. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Phil, who you are, where you came from, how you got where you are today? Oh, that's a long story. Uh, (laughs) Has lots of twists and turns along the way. Uh, Originally came from... uh, Originally from the East Coast, came to Calgary in 96. So technically, I've been Calgarian longer than any anything else. Lived in Vancouver and, uh, well, talk about my career. It started early in Calgary, actually, with, it's been very technical. Had a couple of roles. I've been with, like, the micro business size uh, with, and the size of clients. Worked for just me and him and, and a consultant. And I worked for... Uh, Another smaller company that ended up he ended up selling, and I was fortunate enough to the opportunity to be, become shareholder on that company, and that eventually turned in. We merged with another company, and while well, that's how uh, you became my that was around the time you became my client back. When was that? Two thousand seven. Oh wow! Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Our uh, our friendship goes back couple of years, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just a few. <laughs> Did that for a couple of years. And I don't know, I kind of got tired of the technical mm-hmm. side of things and wanted to get more in project management. So I exited, went to some reschooling at SAIT for project management. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that, that landed me um, with another company. This was a messed up project. The question was, I got on the Wednesday, how quickly can you have your project coordinator resume done by? More after, more end of day. I got it in. I was hired on a Friday without an interview and start on Monday. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. While I was there, I had to, it was Windows 7, Office 2010. I had to train 800 people and have their machine done within three days leg time of their training. So, and it was spread out over a couple of months. I pulled all the names from Active Directory. I got all the machines from Active Directory email, right? So actually, anyone had a mail- mailbox. I found, you know, there's a certain code. You can do an LDAP call, and it's like kite status 514 or 512 for a disabled user in Active Directory. I found a couple of users that hadn't worked there in three years, and their accounts were still active. Oh, my gosh. And the SOC software failed to catch it. Whoa. Yeah, so I kind of turned some heads, and that's the kind of thing, like, right? And um, so, and another thing that happened while I was there, 
I guess because I have such a technical background in everything, right? Working with smaller companies, you got to know a bit about networking, about servers, about everything. So at the SVP came up to me and was like, how do you manage to get all my team leads in a room together in two hours notice? <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time, right? But I would go over and talk to the networking guy going, oh, I understand this is being blocked because we got to update the registers, right? That they're very, well, all their policies and everything for the stores and for firewalls and everything. So yeah, you got to talk to everybody. There's the Windows guys, the Linux guys, the storage guys, right? And we had a constraint on the network. We'd only do seven computers a night. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I ended up catching up and creating, well, first two weeks I was there, my project manager gave me, I submitted my timesheets. It was uh, 77 hours average for the two weeks. Oh my gosh. Each week. Yeah. And he said, uh, we're not going to expect this all the time. Right. I'm like, nope, I'm just catching up. Oh, geez. <laughs> so it's front end loaded, but on the back end, I ended up having everybody caught up, everybody trained, and I met the requirement of getting them, getting the machine deployed in three days. Uh, the only people that lost data was the guy who, who was the help desk guy who didn't follow the, the structure that we had set up, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't only mine, the team, I came in when it was already a mess. I just helped. They already had a lot of it already going. Like my project manager already had the changes in, right? So he made my job really easy. Mm -hmm. It was just logistics. It's all right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I ended up like it was per business unit, right? And it depends on business activities and everything else. So I ended up creating a six week gap <laughs> where I had nothing to do every day. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> right. So those 77 hours really paid off. Yeah. Right? So uh, um, then it was kind of one of was also during a ServiceNow implementation. So the, the service management team. Use, could use an extra hand. So that's where I was kind of reallocated because they like the job I did on logistics, right? And would be able to, because their system, wow, was everything in JIRA and it was a map of system integration, right? This is a system that predates APIs, really, right? Mm -hmm. where, where they have, and things have been bastardized so much that, um, like, the controversy over do we build custom or do we use a pre-can, you know, an ISV, right? And get them to make modifications. Well, you've been in software long enough that after a while, this becomes a morphed little object of its own <laughs> entity and support. And the upkeep on that is like a million dollars a year, literally for one DLL. Ouch. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So they were moving. So they're moving to it was a mess. Anyway, I got in there and I had a really good mentor. She taught me a lot about change management, service management, and the role of a change manager. And that's where I kind of went down the ITSM. And then I got uh, foundations. While I was there, I was in my ITIL foundations in 2011. And I went on, I did another couple. I want to do the expert, but I kind of, I found some my shiny object over here. I went somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was, uh, well, because then when that finished up, I looked at, uh, I threw another contact. He had a consulting company called, well, he was getting out of, he was going through a middle life crisis. He was getting out of IT, going into massage therapy. Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> right. But he had a couple of clients that were oil and gas clients that was kind of, you know, he was a consultant too kind of thing. So I was taking those over. And while I was doing it, I called my buddy in Mark and I said, Hey, I need some extra hands on this. And you guys got a help desk and you help like augment what we're trying to do. Right. And so this is how I work. We're doing, um, complete hardware rollover. I have 
here's a checklist in the morning. Uh, here's the things that need to do. Here's your checklist. Here's the guy's checklist. This is going to be laid on the keyboard. It's welcome. And here's what your default password is. And here are the items that you need to check. <laughs> so we can close out this project. Mm -hmm. Right. And he liked it so much. He was like, we need that at my company. <laughs> so I went into that company as a partner. Right. And I was going to bring, yeah. But anyway, yeah. And so I was doing that for a couple of years. And then I had the bright idea of sitting in the pub one day with Mark and wouldn't it be cool if we can just order stuff from your phone? <laughs> and then you know that story, right? Yes. You were involved in that with me for a while. Yeah, yeah. you became an, on an entrepreneur at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, lessons learned from that, right? Is I tried, it's very similar in the sense managed services, right? It's a service. Service to service is irrespective of industry. It's like accounting, right? You have Sam County practice, service to service. However, um, the managed service model, because we had done hardware as a service for years. We had like 400 units out. You know, they were basically our break even point was six months. And then we were, they were like, they were, it's a profitable, you know how to make money at, right? And everything else. But getting to that point takes a couple of years of going through crappy hardware and stuff, yeah. right? Going up, right? You need the right stuff to do it. So, so yeah, that, that was the biggest lesson. I didn't know. What I didn't know until, well, you pointed me to startup school, to the Accelerator YYC, mm. right? And that was, uh, that was a big game changer. So what, so what, at what point did that, did that sort of like switch flip in your head? Was it kind of like when you first took the Accelerator or was it halfway through the Accelerator? Was it closer to the end of the Accelerator where you're like, oh my, look at this? Um, well, you go through a lot of aha moments as you learn something and as more information gets, you know, appended or augmented and added to what you currently have. Right. And it's going, Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. I mean, one of the biggest things is I did a lot of, this is all self-taught and well, and give a lot of credit to the network of people I built around me, like yourself and Sean and, and very senior people, right. That you can learn from in a very quick way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It would have to be like, I seem to get stuff done best at the 11th hour. <laughs> so things started to click. Literally, I remember doing, I must have made, submitted like four revisions after the due date or the time cut off for the getting your presentation and stuff. And like finally got together. And then I got crucified that day. Oh man, those investors, they... I was like, you went to the first one? Okay. All right. Take this positive, positive. And he just beats on you. And he's like, why didn't you include this? Why didn't you include this? Why didn't you? Okay. All right. Let's make some adjustments. Let's make some, right? And then when you talk about that, and then, because then you got to leave some stuff out. So then this guy's like, oh, why didn't you talk about this? And I'm like, because the other guy told me to take it out. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then by the time it came around, pitch night, right? It was at the end and everything else. Because the first slide, you're describing your pain problem. Right. So mine yeah. is for the restaurant industry. So the number one pain problem is labor. So how do you think a illustrated labor? <laughs> oh no. Someone giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you started your pitch with the crowd laughing. That's a good start. Oh man, you know what? And I didn't realize and even Peter was my mentor. 
And he commented on later because I was like, right? And everybody was howling. It was awesome. And I did kind of a, like this, the kind of like, and I didn't start speaking again because everyone was still laughing. And he's like, that was perfectly timed. And I'm oh, like, really? I did that by accident. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I actually think I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's great. So ultimately, yeah. you had pitched uh, so many times trying to get things kind of right. When you got to pitch night, you felt a little bit more comfortable because you had already done it a bunch of times and got crucified. And I was like, that, you know what? It doesn't want to say it's going to get beat up on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I did. I was kind of like, yeah, I just went out. Yeah, I even forgot what the next slide was, like the benefits, right? And it was like for uh, customers, for servers, and for owners, right? And I was like, my mobile menu does a lot of cool things. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of looked That's at funny. it and went, mm. my captain was going to say, a lot of cool things. <laughs> and everybody's laughing again because they're already laughing, right? I've already got right. it going. Yeah. One guy said to me, that's the best pitch you've seen. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I was, uh, I don't know, I've grown so much since then. Yeah. So, yeah, back to your question, it continual learning experience, right? It's, uh, it gave me, well, identified, told me what I didn't even know what I needed to know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, SAS is counterintuitive to traditional business model, right? right. And that's really all, yeah, and that's the whole premise of Arcus Cloud. I don't know if we're kind of jumping all over back and forth. No, but. no, let's actually, because that sort of was the start of your entrepreneurial journey. And I think when in conversations that you, have, you and I have had, made it really, really clear that you were one of those unique people that just wasn't meant to work for somebody else. And so that <laughs> was really... Unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> So that was that point where you kind of went, yeah, this is, this, this, is, this is me, I'm an entrepreneur. And then you started... So you for for the listeners, my mobile menu, which is the application that you were going to create or started creating, that's kind of been put on the back burner on the shelf. And you're down this new road for a company with a really cool name that you call Arcus Cloud Services. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Let's let's talk a little bit about Arcus Cloud. First. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 talk a little bit about Arcus Cloud Services and and you know where what's the problem you're trying to solve and, and what's that all about? All right, so back to, okay, let me tell you in my uh, unemployability, my last position when I was at, so while I was at SoftServe, international company, Ukrainian company, 10,000 people plus. Looking at their job board when I was there, they had 800 openings. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of the magnitude of like, yeah, it's, <laughs> what's it? yeah, it's ridiculous. So, uh, and we're engineers, right? Uh, you're not going to tell us how something works. You're going to have to show us, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I was just trying to keep my head down and not say a word. And because we're cons- I'm consulting with the team on some SaaS projects, and they're putting together architecture. And that's what they want is architecture. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm leaving it. It's like they're building it for basically replicating Count Factory. They're not monitoring. There's no metering stuff like this, right? Prescriptive parts of SaaS not even accounted for. And I'm like, ah, I'm leaving it. Not saying a word, just getting my job Biting done. your tongue. <laughs> yeah, until this guy from Bolivia speaks up on the Azure team, he's like, you're not doing it right. I'm like, no. And like, he's right, you're not. <laughs> so, he's like, no, you need to be measuring, you need to be blah, right? And he was talking about, he was talking about the SaaS environment, right? And it's multi-tenant environment. 
and SaaS and everything else, right? And about silo models and partitioning and the real things that you're supposed to have in it. And now I was like, oh, no. What do you mean by that, right? What do you mean? No, no, no. Architects, no, 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 no. So I took Christmas, uh, took six weeks, and I put together a presentation called Kiss My Sass. <laughs> and that's the foundation that, that's the playbook that I've turned into. It goes over everything from, so you want to explain, first of all, you want to explain with SAS the difference of data center. So your, your, now your whole infrastructure model, because that's all meshed together now, right? You're, so you're no longer building servers, building for capacity. It's an operation cost and how to, you know, you look after your operations, right? Um, and the second part being the whole model, right? It's because SaaS fails for really three reasons. Market fit, right? If you're not hitting the market. Second, it's a model mismatch, whether that's a revenue model, your business model, cash flow. One of those is off. And the third one being your culture and your team. Yeah. Right. And if not, if you don't have all three of those lined up, well, the numbers say it, right? It's 92 over 90%. Mm. So with ArcSpot Services, I'm focusing, I want to go out and help traditional software companies, right? And it's, uh, I've learned a lot from, from the couple that I have helped. It needs to be a flywheel service, right? It needs because you need to deal with leadership. It's, it's a mindset. It's, it's counterintuitive, right? Like your cash flow, how are you like everything is backwards, right? Right, right, right. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So that's so the- you find yourself in a much less technical world and more of a dealing with people and and change management and those things that you really learn from your mentor. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the here's the whole mindset behind it. Three out of four VC funded traditional ISVs don't return a dime to their investors. Mm. Right. So if I came up to you and said, hey, I got a business model. This is the industry I'm going into. 75% of the companies that I work with don't pay any money to their investors. <laughs> what would you say about my business model? Yeah. Maybe I need to pick a different industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm more focused on focusing on what keeps them like what keeps what improves their stats, what makes them a little bit better. And that's going to be business agility and speed on listening to the customer on the on closing that feedback loop as simply as po- as quickly as possible, right? So you can know whether you're doing the right or wrong things and make the corrections as quickly as possible. Again, right? It's it's about speed and agility because if you're not, you're going to be outpaced, outpriced, or outcompeted. Well done. <laughs> it's almost like you planned that. <laughs> Well, I've been working on this forever, man. I'm not good at like putting it all together, but I know the points. That's where ChatGPT has really started to kind of come in and right. Oh yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, I'd love to talk about ChatGPT because you've really, you've really adopted it and you use it quite a bit for a lot of things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you work with uh, with with ChatGPT? Oh yeah, that has been uh, well. It's another learning curve too, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like discovering that today was a good learning point on where the cap of knowledge is, like September of 2021, mm. right? I was asked to put some things together and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I asked it to Google it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You've tried it too. Oh, what a, what a useful tool it would be if it could actually go on the internet and look up modern information well, um and that's kind of all right yeah that's actually a good way to get into how i'm using chat gpt so two ways prompt engineering and personas right persona mm-hmm. is more 
like the virtual assistant that I said I'm kind of making to help mm-hmm. track, to better track timelines and track everything else. What I found out about my the way I work and my own productivity is that uh, if I'm not interested, man, I'm not engaged. My brain goes, let's find something else. so so gamifying my own production to to give myself some points to give myself to to kind of to get myself better motivated i'm trying i was thinking about like motion app and stuff like that but you know what chat gpt is actually working out better (laughs) well it's to that to your point i mean it's it's a really really great way to engage people who have trouble focusing and have you know that that they don't know where to start and they get a little bit intimidated and they start oh i better do the dishes or you know i gotta go i'm gonna go to the store and buy something because they just try to avoid getting anywhere but with chat gpt you can just type in you know, a couple sentences or something, and then it spits out mm-hmm. an outline. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, okay, well, now I just have to get in and fill these pieces in. You're no longer looking at a blank page. I asked it, so I put my resume in, and I'm trying to really what I'm trying to do is not what I did, but put in so it's quantifiable, quantifiably measured. Right. right, uh, right. So it's really about what you accomplished, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got fired from every job. What do you mean, what do you accomplished? <laughs> You accomplished it, learning you're not an, uh, yeah, uh, the well, ideal employee. Well, at the same time, so let me go back to soft serve, right? So I spent six weeks doing Kiss My Sass. It was a very, it was a technical, at the time it was very technical because it was aimed at the engineers. When I finished that, everybody was like, okay, what's next, Phil? Right? And that's engineers. And those are guys, I had three of them send me messages going, man, no one's explained multi-tenancy or no one's explained token authentication like that right mm-hmm. and then how would it how it applies to what's called attribute based access control so you know role based so this is now based on attributes within inside your json web token right mm-hmm. and that's how multi-tenancy is done basically right and the guys were like no one's explained anything like this before i'm like oh well, all right maybe right. you should if you're working with software companies <laughs> right? yeah yeah all right yeah so uh when I'm not, they're coming up for my performance review going, you haven't produced it. I'm like, yes, I have. You're not listening. SaaS is not an architecture. It's a business model first. And then, so that was about, and then about a year later, AWS came out with their, their SaaS, the SaaS, I just sent you the link. It's basically SaaS is a business model. Mm-hmm. And they have a SaaS journey map that goes over, it even talks about uh, well, value proposition, value streams, uh, and how to, how to put your value streams into DevOps, basically, and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, yeah, because 92 are done in three years. Hopefully, they're done in 12 months instead of slow bleeding. Death, right, right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. So so for for Argus Cloud, I mean, you, you've, you've, it's, this is really fresh. This is really new. But you've, you've taken all of your learnings and all of your, experiences and and even your failures and you've sort of quantified it into a tool set or or like you know you talked earlier early on in your in your career you were talking about putting together checklists it's just the way your mind works is you quantify and organize things into a specific way that people can just you know check things off and get things kind of done so through through this crazy career you've had and and all the experiences you have you sort of figured out where you 
are the ideal fit. And that's, and that's a, as well, first of all, running your own business instead of working for somebody else, but then helping them understand things from a different view, from like a, like a business model view and, and putting things in place, like a, like a map, like a, like a recipe down for them to understand how to make things work properly. Is, is that sound fair? Definitely. Process improvement and CSI, like continual service improvement kind of thing. That's, was I hearing that in there? Uh, I didn't use those acronyms, but I think, I think that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always for sure. I guess the thing I hate the most is doing something for the first time. Mm-hmm. I like doing it the second time because I know a little bit about it and I probably screwed something up too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we learn, right? Exactly. Yep. So what's next for, what's next for you, Phil? What, where do you, where do you want to go from here? Uh, I am, well, I want to start, I'd like to start picking up clients. I'd like to start getting back out. Like I say, I've been, um, working with a few and putting together the content on Arcus Cloud Services. It's, uh, I mean, the biggest thing I was stuck on was, excuse me, how do I get my brain on paper and how do I get, I, cause it's, it's a, it's a different model than I'm seeing out there. Um, like competitive analysis, everyone's taking the same approach. Again, back to when I was at SoftServe, uh, the approach that the sales guy wanted, the BA wanted to take was, let's give them a 100-page document, all the things that their DevOps is not doing, all the tests that they need to have in there and everything else. I'm like, man, that is not going to matter because in 36 months, they're going to be losing so much money from their investor. They're not going to want to keep around, right? It's the big picture that, that they're missing, right? So. And I didn't even know this until I was at, I had been outsourced a while at SoftServe to a larger company and, and my manager was there. He was like, Phil, you're a big picture kind of guy. You need to be in a big picture role. I go, oh, mm-hmm. that's some good insight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of insights, I put my resume in to, get, to work on it in ChatGTP and I said, give me some insights on this. And uh. wow, it is so cool. Like it came back with all the stuff that you like bullet points that you would see in a job description kind of thing, right? And it was like my experience, a founder, like it, it was really cool. I'm like, oh, that's 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 impressive. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really it's really um, it's really eye opening what it comes up with on its own uh, that you wouldn't have expected, right? It's actually pretty clever when you ask it to come up with uh, titles or headlines or or yeah. taglines and stuff like that. It's actually pretty creative, based on you know. It's not sentient or anything, but it's kind of interesting how it takes all the world's information up until, you know, yep. it's end of memory yeah. and sort of mashes it together. It's really interesting. It's kind of a fun, fun experience. Do you think that limitation, a part of it is for too predictable? It's too high of a risk to have that close of accurate information? Like today, if I knew stuff about today and the information that I could predict using AI... And getting the right data set. That's interesting. What an interesting idea. Um, oh, man. Wait till we get deep into stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, that's an inter- interesting concept. Like restricting it, like holding it back yeah. to prevent it from... Well, there was there was some... Uh, like with GPS, the, right? Commercial yeah, grade, yeah. right? Commercial grade, you can't get to the nanometer. <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Or, yeah, the yeah. level of accuracy. Oh, yeah. But military grade, that's a yeah. different story. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's the difference between the school people. and the bus next to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there. I think they're they're 
the restrictions are in place for a reason. And yeah. some of the technology that OpenAI has that they haven't released to the public is probably pretty incredible. I would um, say, yeah, 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 yeah. Be interesting to see what happens in the future. I know my wife started using ChatGPT4 and so she's paying the monthly fee. Yeah. But she was she was talking about the difference between ChatGPT and ChatGPT g4 on the marketing kind of stuff that she's working on oh yeah uh, and and it's it's she said it's just it's just unbelievable she's like oh my god look what it did look what it did and it's like it's actually pretty impressive and then i was at uh, some colleagues of mine who are working with auto gt gpt yep. which you you install and build on your own computer and it's it's actually able to connect to the internet and look at things oh um, i haven't personally been able to get it to work properly but the people that have there it actually it actually feeds itself information. So you'll say, okay, here's, here's kind of the concept I want to go through. And then it goes, okay, well, in order to figure that out, I'm going to have to know these things. And it says, okay, and in order to know this thing, I'm going to have to go research. So it goes out on the internet, asks some questions, takes the results and says, okay, based on that, I've got this. And it generates images and, and it, and puts them in a folder and it goes out and find, and it, when every time I've tried to use it, some of the things don't work. So I haven't been able to figure out how to configure it properly. But yeah. I know the people that people that have used it have shown me sort of like the path it goes down. And you're like, wow, like that's like having an R&D team, you know, going out and doing a whole bunch of research for you and then assembling it all together and, and asking you what to do next. It's really quite impressive. Well, that's yeah. Context is everything in ChatGTP. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeff Sue actually has like he has a video on five or six things. Task, so tell a lot to do. Format output, like you can do table, consent, uh, like number of words and stuff. Um, yeah. uh, exemplar, so if you have an example to use on the con, especially on the context, right? And so that's kind of what I'm building with uh, Arcus is the context. So I want to use mm -hmm. like the the LinkedIn or sorry the uh, SaaS business, all the stuff that's on SaaS Factory and SaaS Boost and all the AWS stuff like that, as well mm -hmm. uh, all the FinOps stuff and decomposition models like mm -hmm. front to back i don't see much of it but like frog something frog yeah well, i can't remember the company they do it they're known for it front to back development so instead of starting off with the erd you start off with like ux right and then mm -hmm. yeah and then you get the feedback from the ux because microservices you can build it pretty quick on the back end right or yeah even small yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah yeah that's it that's it that's really interesting concept for for probably 20 years now i've been saying to people when they're building a custom software application that you actually have to get to the reports as quickly as possible because what happens inevitably is people focus on the user interface and the data and, and stuff like that and then they get to the very end and then they go okay the application's brilliant we love the interface everything works great now let's look at reports and then someone says okay i want this report and then they look at the report and go Oh, we don't, we don't even collect that data. And then they have to go all the way back to the beginning and start adding the fields into the user interface again and, and all in order to just collect the data so that they could produce oh. that report. So you need to start with the output. Like, what is it people are trying to get out of the system? Yeah. And then you know what you actually need on the input side of the system. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> like, yeah. What Absolutely. do we need to do to make it better? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Phil, I want to thank you very much for being here today. It was a really fun conversation. I know it got a little bit technical there, but we have we have a lot of users who are are technical, so I'm sure they enjoyed that part as well. 
And other people will be like, I think I need to contact Phil. So if you have, and actually one thing we didn't mention was that you've got a bunch of AWS certifications and you're, you're very, very well versed in Amazon Web Services. So if people are interested in, in working with your new Arcus Cloud organization and they have uh, AWS questions and concerns about architectures and which services to use and stuff, I'm guessing you'd be pretty happy to talk to them. Absolutely. I have a habit of uh, finding, how should I say it? You say this, uh, I like squeezing the ankle so tight, I'll make the baby shit in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil's not here to blow your money. Phil's here to save you money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, well, I was thinking about this. I have a habit. I don't mind. I like putting my money where my mouth is. If I can't find any money to be saved on your bill, I won't charge you. Oh, nice. I bet you nobody else has that guarantee. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's either pretty quick or pretty, or yeah, you've got, it's always, even the last place I was with, uh, he asked me after the first month, he's like, we're used to paying X number of dollars. And it was literally one fifth of that cost. <laughs> and he's wow. like, how did you get it down? I'm like, well, it's simple. We turned off stuff we weren't using and got rid of things we didn't need. <laughs> no, it sounds simple in hindsight. <laughs> but they, sure, you right? got to yeah. know where to look, right? You got to know where to look. You, you got to know, know which where buttons to, to push. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And it's not always in the technical. It's, you know, it's always hidden in the cash flow. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, we'll put your contact information in the show notes for anybody who wants to reach out to you. Thank you, Phil, for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks and, for having me. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored, hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>